Hi, this is Ask Mom RN with your host, Tamara Walker. I'm a mom of two, a pediatric registered nurse, and your friend. I give practical advice to raise a healthier, safer, and happier family. Fevers are not the enemy. You just have to know when to treat them and when not to worry about them. Now, fevers are something that a lot of parents freak out about. I would say that the majority of the parents I know with young children have had a freak out over fevers at some point, and they may tend to overreact. And I'm guilty of it too. I know that fevers can seem so scary when your child wakes up, you know, maybe in the middle of the night and they're cranky and they're tired and, they, and they're miserable and you feel their forehead and they're burning up, it can be quite frightening. But fevers don't have to be scary. You just have to know when they need to be treated, how to treat them, and when not to worry about it and to let it go. A fever is the way that the body helps to fight against infection. When the hypothalamus, which is a part of our brain that regulates temperature, is alerted that there's a problem, maybe it's a virus or bacteria or something's going wrong and the body needs to kick its immune system into gear and fight against it, it turns up the thermostat so you get a fever. So fevers are actually a very natural way of our body fighting for us and So it's not always necessary for us to fight against a fever. It's trying to help us. So instead of freaking out and overreacting, I want to give you some information and some tips today to help you know what to do when your child has a fever so it's not so scary. Now, first of all, we need to define what is a fever. Because a lot of parents tend to think that anything over 98.6, which is what we've all been taught is the standard normal temperature, you know, they think anything over that must be a fever. But in actuality, our bodies change temperatures throughout the day. And our temperature may go a little bit lower or a little bit higher without there being any kind of infection or sickness, just based on our activity and what we're doing. Typically at night when you're sleeping, your body temperature will lower during the night. And then if you're awake during the day and you're active, the more active you are, the higher your body temperature may go. And it's perfectly fine for it to go a little bit above that normal because what is normal anyway? You know, this is 98.6 is really just this average that most people have as their average body temperature. But some people naturally run a little bit lower than that, and some naturally run a little bit higher. So when do we truly consider it a fever? Well, that depends on your child's age and other health issues. If they have a chronic medical condition, then it may be different for them. But for most kids, the standard rule is if you have a baby up to the age of three months, then we consider anything above 100.4. 
100.4 is our fever point for an infant, a newborn, up to age three months. If their temperature reaches 100.4, then they do need to be evaluated. And that is actually considered an emergency because in a newborn, there can be many different reasons for them to be running that fever and they need to be checked out because their immune systems are not completely developed. They, they may become much, much sicker than an older child would with different things. And so you need to get them checked out. If they are above the age of three months, then we typically consider a fever to be 102 or above. So if your child is over the age of three months and they're running a temperature of 102 or above, then we do consider that a fever, but it doesn't necessarily mean they need to be checked out by a doctor right away. And we'll talk a little bit more about what you need to do, when to call the doctor, when to give medication, a little bit later in the show. But I want to tell you, you know, kids are all different. People are all different. And like I said, you know, that 98.6 is kind of this average, but it doesn't mean that that's necessarily what's normal for you or for your child. Well, kids are all different when it comes to running fevers and being sick. In my own family, I have two children, and my oldest child would run a really high fever for any little illness. It seemed like every time he got an ear infection or any type of respiratory infection or stomach virus, his fever would skyrocket up to 103, 104, and that was just pretty normal for him. And yet my youngest child was completely the opposite. And a lot of times when he was sick, he could have a double ear infection and a throat infection and no fever. And it was really crazy because, um, you know, they were so different in how they responded to illness. And so fever is not always your best indicator of whether your child is sick and how sick your child is. Just because they have a high fever doesn't necessarily mean that they're seriously ill. So you need to go by their other symptoms. What's going on with them? If they seem to be eating okay, drinking normally, playing, not really miserable, then it's not necessary to give a fever reducer, such as Tylenol or ibuprofen. If they're running a fever, let it run its course if they are not absolutely miserable or have other symptoms that warrant a visit to the doctor. Now, if your child is extremely fussy, they're miserable, it's obvious they don't feel well, they're not able to participate in their activities, and maybe they're not eating or drinking like normal, then even if they don't have a high fever, they need to be seen by their doctor and evaluated. So remember, fever is just a symptom. It's not always the best indicator of how sick your child is. And like I said, you know, a lot of parents get freaked out by fevers. And I just want to reassure you that fevers are not 
freak out worthy. They, they can be scary, yes, but most of the time they're not dangerous. Although I will confess, when my kids were little, and like I said with my oldest child, who would run a high fever when you'd get sick, there was a couple of times that even me as a nurse, I confess, I got a little freaked out because there was one time in particular, I remember my son was sick and I took his temperature and it was almost 105. And that really got to me because it made me think of my friend, Michael. And I want to tell you a little bit about my friend, Michael, who is a wonderful, wonderful man. He's just a little bit older than me. He's about probably about 50 years old now. And Michael's one of the sweetest people that you could ever meet. Gentle spirit, bright smile, always ready with a hug, fun to talk with, great guy. But Michael, when he was a baby, had a high fever one time. He was sick. His fever was raging, and his mom was very worried. She wanted to take him to the emergency room one night, and unfortunately, his dad refused. And I'm not sure of what his dad's reasons were. Maybe he thought that his wife was overreacting. Maybe he thought that they couldn't afford an emergency room visit, and the baby would be fine, his fever would break, and, you know, and if it didn't break, they could just take him to the doctor in the morning. But unfortunately for Michael, he ended up with brain damage, severe brain damage. And he has never been able to live on his own. He's never fully been able to take care of himself, although there is a lot that he is able to do for himself. He still requires somebody to live with him and help him. And it's just, when I think of Michael, it just breaks my heart because he had been a normal baby toddler um, before this happened. And I can't even begin to imagine how regretful and guilty his father must have felt when they got the news that their baby was brain damaged because he didn't get treatment in time for his fever. And I, I know people have heard those horror stories. They get scared about fevers. I, and, and it is, it's frightening. I do want to reassure you, though, that cases of brain damage from high fevers are actually pretty rare. Michael is a rare case and this especially you know happened about 50 years ago and fortunately you know things have changed over the years for the better and we all also used to think that brain damage could start around 105 degree temperature or 106 research has shown that it's usually closer to about 107 108 so most of the time, you're not going to need to worry about your child's fever ever getting that high. It's, it's rare. So again, I want to reassure you and I want to let you know when you do need to take action. And like I said, if you have a baby under the age of three months, anything 100.4, 100.4, and that's Fahrenheit, needs to be seen because in newborns, 
they, they need to be seen a lot quicker than an older child. If they're over the age of three months, we don't worry about it too much until it gets to be about 102 or higher. Then you still need to go by what their behavior is. Like I said earlier, if they are acting like they feel not too bad, if they're able to drink, they're able to keep things down, they're eating, they're not too fussy and miserable, then just keep an eye on it. But if they've been running a fever for two or three days, even if they seem to be feeling okay otherwise, then you need to go ahead and get them checked out by the doctor. Now, how do you take their temperature? This is something that a lot of parents deal with as well. What's the best way to measure my child's temperature? Well, for infants, for newborns, up to even a year old uh, for babies, the best way to take a temperature is using a rectal thermometer. Using a digital thermometer, you just place the tip all the way into the bottom. You don't want to push it in. You know, you want to just gently put it in and hold it in place until it gives you a readout. For an, an older baby or toddler or child, you can do an axillary temperature, which is under the arm using a digital thermometer. Or you can use a digital thermometer in the mouth if they are old enough to hold it under their tongue and keep their mouth closed while it's reading their temperature. And we do recommend a digital thermometer. There are also ear thermometers, which are available, and those can be easy and great to use. However, the younger the baby, the more chance that it's not going to fit in their ear canal very well unless you have one special made for a younger baby. So you may not get a really accurate reading on a young baby with the ear thermometer. They also have the temporal artery um, thermometers now, which are pretty cool. But you do have to make sure that the forehead is dry and you need to know how to swipe it across the forehead exactly where and for how long in order to get an accurate reading. And in babies, like I said before, if you're doing a rectal thermometer, then you want a readout below 100.4. If you're taking an oral temperature in an older child, then the reading should be 99.5 or under. And if you're taking it in an axillary, which is under the arm, then it should be 99 or under. Or the Anything over that's considered a low-grade fever. Now, this is my favorite part of the show. This is where I get to answer your questions and your emails. And I have a question from Amy. And Amy writes, Hi, Tamara. I've heard of kids having seizures because of a high fever, and it really scares me. Is there anything I can do to prevent my kid from having a seizure when he has a fever? What should I do if he has one? Well, Amy, febrile seizures are something that can happen. They're not completely uncommon, but they're not super common either. It is something to be aware of, but not to be too worried about or scared about. And, you know, I know the thought of a child having a fever is very frightening. 
But I want to reassure you that just because your child gets a fever doesn't mean that they'll have a febrile seizure. And there are some things that you can do to try to prevent one. Doesn't guarantee that it'll work, but if your child is running a high fever, you want to make sure that you're not trying to use like a cold bath to bring it down. You know, it's an old wives tale that people used to um, think, well, if my child's running a fever, I need to put them in a cold bath with cold water to bring their temperature down. But the problem is, is their temperature can lower too quickly. And that is thought to be a possible cause of febrile seizures. And also, when someone gets cold, the body responds by shivering to heat the body back up. So it's actually kind of working against you to make them cold because then they're going to start shivering and trying to raise their body temperature. So instead, if your child has a fever, like I said before, you can give them Tylenol or ibuprofen if it's high enough and if they're not feeling well, if, it, if, the, if it's truly bothering them. You want to give plenty of fluids, water, jello, or electrolytes, such as a, a pediatric electrolyte solution. You could use cool compresses like a cold washcloth. Um, across their forehead or the back of the neck or on their wrists to try to cool them down. Let them eat popsicles or jello because those are cold and they taste good and they're more likely to want them and, um, and that can kind of help to lower their fever as well. And you want to just make sure that you're treating the fever appropriately and if for some reason your child does end up having a seizure, you want to just protect them from bumping against anything or hitting their head. Just try to keep the area around them clear. Do not put anything in their mouth. You know, it used to be a long time ago when someone had a seizure, they would oh, you have to put something in their mouth for them to bite down so they don't bite their tongue. Well, we have actually found out that over the years, that's dangerous and can be harmful and can hurt them. So just let the seizure take its course, stay with them, protect them from hitting their head or getting hurt or injured. And once the seizure is over, then you want to go ahead and get them um, checked out by a doctor just to make sure that there's no other problem going on or to find out, you know, if there is an infection that's causing the fever, they may need to be treated for that. The vast majority of the time, a febrile seizure does not cause any damage and it does not mean that they're going to be um, having seizure conditions for the rest of their life or, you know, even ever again. It may put them a little higher risk for having another febrile seizure in the future. But most of the time, if a kid has a febrile seizure, it's one and done. And there's no lasting damage from it. So be prepared. Know what to do if your child has a fever. And if he should have a seizure, realize that it's not as scary an ordeal as what you may think it may be. Just get him evaluated afterwards to make sure everything's okay. 
So again, fevers are not the enemy. Fevers are actually your child's body's way of fighting against illness and infection. So it's good to let it run its course when you can, if it's not too high, and if your child is not too miserable from it. But if you do need to treat it, then make sure that you are giving the appropriate amount of either acetaminophen or ibuprofen. Never, never aspirin. Do not give aspirin to a child under the age of 16 because there is a risk of a rare condition called Rye syndrome that can damage the brain and the liver if a child has a virus-type illness and they're giving given aspirin. It's rare, but it can occur. So never, ever give aspirin to a child under 16. Make sure you're using Tylenol or ibuprofen. Check with your doctor if you're not sure of the appropriate dosage for your child because your child's age matters, but your child's weight also matters. For my kids, they were always, when they were younger, kind of on the underweight side. Um, they take after my husband's side of the family, and he, he was, you know, um, kind of underweight growing up. And so if your child's weight does not correlate with the average for their age, then you may need to give less or more depending on if they're over or under the average. So check with your child's doctor. Make sure you're giving the proper amount. Do um, comfort measures to keep them comfortable. Like I said, you can use the cold washcloths um, on their forehead, on the back of the neck, on pulse points such as the wrists or the inner el elbows. Um, keep them hydrated. Fever can put a child more at risk for dehydration and kids can get dehydrated rather quickly. So if they are not keeping fluids down or not drinking enough, if they're not producing tears when they cry or if they're not urinating as frequently, it's time to get, you know, get them seen by the doctor because they may be dehydrated. And fever does up that risk a little bit of dehydration. But if they're keeping fluids down, if they're eating popsicles and jello and, um, you know, producing enough urine and they're not looking dehydrated, then don't worry about the fever unless it's just making them miserable. Let it run its course. Let it do its job. Nature gave us fevers to help our bodies protect against infection and virus and to fight for us. So again, fevers are not your enemy. Educate yourself. Prepare yourself and you'll know what to do when your kid has a fever. Thank you so much for joining us today. I love having you here with me and I look forward to being back with you next week on Ask Mom RN. And we'll have more advice and information to help you raise a healthier, safer, and happier family. 